good to be with you all again. I appreciate the opportunity to um, uh, be back and share the Word of God. It's good to see a lot of familiar faces out here. Choir, thank you. Um, and wow, Teresa Ham-Smith, what a catch, church. I tell you. Amazing. I'll preach to you guys. Y'all used to looking at the back, right, of the preacher. So, but all right. <laughs> when I have a point that I need to make that somebody needs to hear it, I'll turn around. How about that? But I just want to thank, uh, be, I'm thankful again to be able to be here. Um, and Pastor Chris asked me to preach. He's a fellow Rotarian, and one day in Rotary, he said, hey, I'm going to be gone. Could you speak? And I was like, you want me to speak? Y'all want me to speak again? Wow. Um, but, and I'm, I'm, and I'm so thankful for the many ways that you, you guys impact our community. And um, lots of ministries, lots of things that you're involved with in the community. And I see that, and I appreciate that very much so. And, and you open the doors of this facility to a lot of groups coming in and utilizing your space here. And so, we're great. We're, I'm grateful um, for your presence here. And there's so many good to the core folks. I, I, I'm not going to call names because I'm going to miss, miss some of them. But there's just so many folks that are just good to the core in the sense that they are just no pretense, um, no hidden agendas. They just love God. They want to help others. They want to serve others. And I'm so grateful to be part of the body of Christ with you all in doing the work of the kingdom. And many of you do the work of the kingdom not in flashy ways, but in just quietly serving. And I'm so grateful for that, um, what you guys do. But I'm also grateful. You mentioned, Shane, that some called me in the first service, Dad, but listen, my grandbaby was here in the first service. So I have a new almost four-month-old granddaughter, Evelyn Joy. And, um, and so, boy... You, you didn't realize there are places in your heart until you have a grandchild. And uh, they, she, she's just our joy. And I'm thankful to have my wife, Meredith, with me today. June 30th will be 32 years. And yes, she needs a round of applause. So today I want to talk to you. We're going to be in Mark chapter 5, verses um, 25. 34 so if you have your Bibles and want to read along in just a moment and we're going to look at the woman who had the issue of blood many of us are probably familiar with that passage of scripture we've, we've read it we've heard it and we saw a miraculous healing happen in an encounter that she had with Jesus Christ and she had an issue that issue with blood and I was thinking about today talking about the power of our faith and how this woman had issue had an issue that she needed help with. And I started thinking about all of us. All of us have issues. Some issues are, are chale real challenging. Some are maybe petty. But all of us deal with some kind of issue in our life. And, um, you know, I, I, some, I, if, when, I, when I write my first book, I think what I, the title of that book is going to be Preachers Cuss Sometimes Too. So I'm being honest, confess sometimes that I try not to use bad words on a regular basis, but, you know, sometimes, and I'm reminded of a story. I, 
Brother Bill is a fellow Rotarian, and Brother Tommy is a fellow Rotarian, and Wayne is here, and your pastor and John is here. Several, am I missing any other of my fellow Rotarians? Um, but Brother, uh, brother uh, Bill was having a yard sale. And uh, true story. And, and this, right, Mr. Bill? True story now. He was having a yard sale, and he was selling various things. And he had an old push lawnmower for sale. And so uh, Brother Tommy's riding by, and Brother Tommy saw Bill with this yard sale, and he said, let me go see what Bill's got for sale. And he went over there and saw this push mower. And Tommy said, I, my push mower just died. I need a new one. Does this thing work? And he said, yeah, it works. He said, well, how much you want for it? And Bill said, well, I want $50. Tommy thought about it and said, well, would you take 30 Mr. Bill said, well, no. He said, I'm, I'm a little bit short of money this month, and, and I, need some, I, I, need a little, I need $50 to pay my cell phone bill. Now, and if you know, and if you know Brother Bill, you know that I'm joking right now. And so um, he said, "All right, Tommy's such a good-hearted fella, right? I mean, there ain't better good-hearted fella in the world than Tommy Morgan." Tommy gave him a hundred dollars because he felt sorry for him. But Mr. Bill said, "There's one thing, though." He says, "It works." He said, "But when you go to crank it, you know, you got to pull the cord, and when you pull the cord, you got to cuss it." Tommy said, well, Bill, he said, I'm a Christian man. He says, it's been a long time since I've said a bad word. I just don't know if I can do that, Bill. And he said, he said I promise you, you start pulling on that cord, it'll come back to you very quickly. <laughs> True story, right? But all of us have issues, right? whether it be sometimes an occasional bad word or more serious issues, health issues that we face and struggle with in life. And we, you know, if we're sick, we want to be well, right? If, we're, if there's something wrong in our body, we want to, we want to be well. We, we, we go to the doctors, we pray, and we ask the Lord to touch us and to heal us because we don't want to be sick. We, don't, we, we want our issue to control our lives. And so, we struggle with issues, whatever they may be. And today I have several truths that I want to bring out from Mark chapter 5 today that I hope that will bring encouragement to us. And if you have your Bibles, in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, I want to read. And a certain woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, she suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather she grew worse. She heard of Jesus. She came in the press, in the crowd behind, and she touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in herself, himself that virtue, that power had gone out of him, 
She turned about in the press and said, Who touched me? Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and that sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came, fell down before him, and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Take note. This is, this is not insignificant, this next word. He said to her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these stories that we have recorded of Jesus and the interaction with this woman who had this issue. And we thank you that we can learn from this story today. That even though this story happened over 2,000 years ago, the truths are still relevant today. Your power is still available today. And that faith can touch your heart. And so open our hearts to receive what you have for us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I said we all have issues. Physical, mental health issues. Sometimes we have issues with others. And those issues are maybe hot topic issues that we see on the news every night. We hear one political party throwing stones at another political party. And, and I'm sure all of us, we stand on one side of the issues, right? And we have our thoughts. We have our opinions. We have things that we believe, convictions that we hold. And if we're not careful, these issues will become divisive issues and will keep us from experiencing the best that God has for us. The woman here in Mark chapter 5, she had the issue of blood. We're not certain what this issue was. All that we know is that she was bleeding and the doctors could not help her. She spent all the money that she had, but yet there was no cure to be found. In fact, if we know, and we know from the Old Testament, when someone had a condition like this woman had, she had the issue of blood and was bleeding and it could not be stopped, that that person would have to walk down the street and say, unclean, 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 declaring that their issue could contaminate them. No doubt this woman had experienced being ostracized, being criticized, being shunned, being excluded from others because of her issue. Oftentimes our issues divide and they separate us from others. But today I hope we understand that we can, instead of allowing our pride to keep us divided and at odds with others because of our issues, whatever they may be, may we all humbly admit, just admit the fact that we have issues. Right? Does anybody here not have an issue? In fact, the people that I think I have the issue with the most are those who think they don't have any issues. So, look around. I mean, there are people here with issues, but thank God, maybe your issue's not as bad as their issue or that person's or whatnot. But we all just admit, humbly admit, that each one of us have our own issues. We may be good to the core, kind of people, 
but sometimes we are rough around the edges, right? If you rub me the wrong way sometimes, you might hear something that you don't want to hear. I might say something that I regret saying sometimes. We all have issues. Today I want us to look at this woman and her faith. Even though she had this issue, she came to somebody who could deal with her issue. She found somebody that even in all of her searching, for 12 years, she looked to and fro, trying to find someone who could deal with her issue. She was able to humble herself and make her way to this person who could deal with her issue. And another point that I want us to understand is that when our level of desperate faith exceeds our level of a dignified facade, we get the attention of Jesus. When our level of desperate faith, it is greater than, I, than the facades that we oftentimes put on. How are you? I'm fine. I'm okay. But in reality, we're dealing with an issue that needs to be dealt with. I remember one time, I was a student at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. My wife and I got married June 30th, 1990. We packed up everything that had been given to us in a 15-foot U-Haul van with $500 to our name. And we moved all the way from Georgia to Fort Worth, Texas, which is a long way. And we, um, we were in seminary. We were surrounded by, we didn't have any money, but we were okay because everybody around us didn't have any money. We didn't have hardly anything. But it was one of the greatest experiences living there in seminary housing. And I was in my preaching class, uh, my first preaching class while I was in seminary. And I, I remember that we had to prepare. We were given a date in advance. And we were told when, you know, we had, there were, there were two sermons we had to preach. One, the topic was assigned to us. And the second, we could choose whatever topic we wanted. And I remember preparing for, for the sermon that I forget what the topic was I had been assigned. Um, and and I, what I preached that sermon, and then we were able to preach uh, another message. And I began preparing for that message. I mean, like for several weeks, man, I had my sermon down. I used to drive a school bus when I was in Fort Worth, Texas. And I remember preaching on that school bus, empty in the morning. Those seats got saved many times uh, while I was preaching. I had that sermon down. I was ready to preach it. And I was, it was an hour before class. And I was ironing my pants, getting ready to preach in that class with my pe before my peers. And as I was ironing my pants, I noticed there was a spot on the pants. And I thought, I said, I can't preach with those pants on. That spot is too evident. And as sure as I am talking here today, I felt moved by the Lord that when I preached in that class, I was supposed to talk about the spots in our lives, that we act as if they're not there, and we bump into one another, and we just go about our lives not dealing with the spots and just acting as if they're, they're not there, they're okay. And I was conflicted because you didn't do that in a Baptist seminary. You stayed on course. 
you didn't follow the Holy Spirit. But I felt led of the Spirit to preach that message. And afterwards, there were several students in that class that said, I don't know who, who you preached to, but you preached to me that day. And I, it reminded me, it was a kind of an outset of my ministry, that all of us, we have issues. We have spots, and we act like they're not there. But God is able to deal with those issues. And being in a community of faith, we can love one another and encourage one another when we admit that we do have faith. This woman spent all that she had trying to get her issue resolved. Nobody could help her. In her desperation, she pressed through the crowd that probably ignored and ostracized her to get to the one who could help her. When she reached Jesus and he recognized her, the scripture says that she told him the whole story of her situation. She said the whole truth. And, you know, we don't know exactly what she said. Uh, it's not recorded for us, the words that she said. But I can imagine it was something like, I, I have been trying to find someone all for, the, for 12 years trying to deal with this issue. I've been to every doctor in the area. I've spent the last dime that I had. Nobody can help me. But she said, I believe that you can help me, Jesus. That's my encouragement to us today. There is somebody who knows your issue and can deal with your issue and has the power to help you. Many times we're too concerned with saving face rather than becoming real and transparent about our issues. Religious facades can be a barrier to building real friendships with God and with others. But we read in the Gospels that Jesus would rather spend time with struggling sinners than with sanctimonious saints. All throughout the scripture, Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. He was known as somebody that didn't allow the issues of sinners to be a barrier between him and them. He loved them and accepted them and received them at the point of their need. And that leads me to the next point, is that Jesus can handle our issues better than anybody else. How many of you remember the old gospel song, Can't nobody do me like Jesus? Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Jesus knows us better than anybody else. And he asks us, he invites us to bring our issues to him. Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8 says, Don't, from the, this is the message translation. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and a mouse kind of game, a hide-and-seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with the sawdust? If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think that God who conceived you in love, will even be better. He says, you have not because what? You ask not. A good friend of ours, Brenda Landers, is in, lives in our community, and she uh, works for High Priority Plumbing. And we do a Bible study every Wednesday morning with a set group of us at 7 a.m. It's an online Bible study. And she led this Bible study this past week, and she her title of her lesson was dare to ask dare to ask and the point the story that she shared was that 
she had been working for two years, has been working for several years for, for my high priority, but the last couple of years, she had a work-provided cell phone. But the cell phone didn't work well. It didn't, you know, it was slow. It, uh, you know, we get, did not get good coverage, and so just had issues with that. But she didn't want to be a bad, and if you know Brenda, she's kind, she's sweet. She doesn't, hard, she doesn't say an unkind word. She said, I didn't want to say anything to the boss. I didn't want to be a problem. I didn't, I didn't want to see. She just would use her own personal cell phone whenever, uh, during the work day. And so finally, after two years, she said, I, I'm going to ask. I'm going to let them know about my cell phone. And so she told the person in charge about her issue, and the person said, Brenda, we've had a new cell phone in the office on the shelf for the past two years. All you had to do was ask, and we would have given you a new cell phone. Don't we know that our Father has resources beyond our understanding? And He's waiting for us to ask. Now, sometimes the answer may be no, or it may be wait, but He's waiting for us to ask Him whenever we have an issue, whenever we have a need, to come before Him and to approach Him and to ask Him to meet that need, whatever it may be. Sometimes God uses doctors to help us in our needs, others, family members. But let us not neglect. Let us first and foremost come boldly to His throne of grace to beseech Him for His grace and His mercy to help us in our time of need to deal with with whatever issues that we may have. Jesus can deal with our issues. He's the best person to deal with our issues. The next thing that we see in this passage, this story here in Mark chapter 5, is that faith is the key that opens the door to experiencing the power of God to deal with our issues. Faith is the key that opens up the door that allows us to experience His power in order to deal with the issues that we have in this life. This woman believed that Jesus could help her. This woman said, if I could just get to Jesus, I will be made whole. And that tell, that, that, the, the, the fact that she told herself, she said, I believe, I, I believe that Jesus can help me. She spoke a positive confession of faith. And that positive confession of faith led to a positive response from Him. And that just reminds me that oftentimes we need to be careful about our negative confessions of doubt, of fear, and unbelief. Sometimes we can speak things into existence by just repeating what, what we've said. I remember back in 2000, I, had, I was in the hospital with an unknown illness, sick as I've ever been, and they did test after test, spinal tap, scat, CAT scans, MRIs, whatever, trying to find what was going on in my body. Inflammation, there was inflammation everywhere. Could not find, could not pinpoint a particular thing, and so after a, a time with the doctor and looking at my situation they said well I think you know kind of a process a lot of times after all the tests it's just a process of elimination 
trying to find out what's going on. The doctor said, I believe that you have fibromyalgia. Anybody ever heard of that? Fibromyalgia. Anybody struggle? No, no, the issues there. No people that struggle with that. And so when the, when the doctor said that, you know, I had enough faith inside of me at the time to say, you know, I don't want fibromyalgia. I'm not going to claim fibromyalgia. I'm not going to affirm the doctor's report of fibromyalgia. Here's, here's what I began to say. And this was just a work of God in me because it's not something Michael would have come up with. But I began to say, I believe I have healing in Jesus' name. I, have he I am healed in Jesus' name. I receive that healing in Jesus' name. I don't want fire. I'm not going to claim it. I'm not, I'm not going to take ownership of it. Now, I'm not saying be unrealistic and be um, super spiritual. All I'm saying is affirm what you believe God wants you to have. And I began to affirm that, and I'm thankful today that those symptoms went away, and I don't struggle with that issue anymore. And I'm grateful to God for that, for the touch of God, of healing in my body. So speak, she said, if, if I can get to Jesus, I know that I'll be okay. Proverbs 8, 20, 18, 21 says, the power of life is, of, and death is in the tongue. Jesus, it says, he felt power leaving his body. He said, he said I've, something happened when this woman touched me. There's something that left me and went to her. He said, that virtue, that power went from him to her. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, Paul says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, be above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God can do exceedingly. God beyond we could, anything we could ask or we think. And it's the power that it, what is the power in us? It is resurrection power. It's the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That same power lives inside of us. It's the power of God. It's supernatural power. And it's not just something that we read about in the Scripture. It's not just something that was true 2,000 years ago. It is something that is available to us today. His power is unlimited. That original word for power is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite. And we think about dynamite, that's powerful, isn't it? Seeing dynamite in action. It's, where, it's, it's the word that means physical power, force, might, ability, efficacy, energy. God, has, God has, has made available to us this supernatural power that comes from Him. You know, we look at thinking about electricity. Electricity is a strange phenomenon, right? I don't understand. I don't know how you can plug something in. You plug the lamp in and turn on and flip and turn the switch on. Boom! You have a light. That electricity. I'm not an engineer. I'm a Georgia Tech fan, but I'm an engineer. Now, I must confess, I'm a Georgia graduate, but I'm a Georgia Tech fan. Y'all forgive me. Y'all pray for me. I I wanted to go to Georgia Tech, but I, I had to settle for Georgia. <laughs> That, that's pretty sad to talk about your alma mater that way, isn't it? But, 
But if I was an engineer, if I was a Georgia Tech engineer, I understand that Georgia has an engineering program now, but, you know, it's kind of elementary compared to Georgia Tech. But Georgia Tech is known for being an engineering school, right? If I was an engineer, I'm sure I could understand electricity. I don't understand it. We can't see it, but we can see the effects of electricity. My wife and I were walking on the path out at the monastery yesterday, and we walked under the power lines, and you could hear the power going through those lines. It was, it was, you could hear that. We can't, we can't see it. We might can hear, hear the effects of it, but we see what, what the impact is. When we've been impacting the power, is the, and the point is this. Not just, to talk, not just to say cute things about electricity. The, the point is this. When we've been impacted by the power of God, there will be some kind of manifestation of that power in our lives. We not, may not shout hallelujah, praise the Lord. It may not be a demonstrative show, but it, will be, it, it might be a quiet, confident faith that comes in our hearts when God touches you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I've had many times in my life where I experience a manifestation of God in my life presence of God in my life been overwhelmed with the presence of God Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says you receive you will receive power when the Holy Spirit when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Jerusalem Judea Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth he says when the power of God through the Holy Spirit comes on your life you will be a witness the word witness is martyr where we get the word martyr what is a martyr? A martyr is someone who's willing to die for their faith. A martyr is someone who can testify about the reality of something that they can't explain, but they know it's real. They know it's real. I, I, it's real just as anything else in my life. Those who have been impacted by the power of God will have a testimony. Don't let the, the enemy wants to take away our testimony because our testimony is what will help spread the message of God's love and mercy in our lives, uh, in our lives to others around us. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He says that faith is something, it's substance and it's evidence. What is the substance? What is the evidence? It's Jesus Christ himself. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I don't live by my own faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The presence of faith in me is the presence of Jesus Christ in me. His power living in me. His power giving me breath every day. His power giving me strength to carry out a mission and a purpose on this earth. His power to overcome the issues that we deal with in life. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God, and Jesus brings hearing. He brings enlightenment. He brings understanding, which in turn leads to a confident and a substantive Faith. The presence of Jesus brings faith in our lives. And our faith-filled testimonies of how Jesus is working in our lives is the evidence that God loves us and cares about us. We all love to see when God touches somebody who's been sick. 
who's had an issue and see God touch them and heal them. I have testimonies of God's healing in my own life. And I've seen God touch others and bring healing in their lives. We all, if we, like I said, if we're not well, we want to be well. We pray to be well, whatever that issue may be. But let me say this. Oftentimes, what impresses me most are the testimonies of faith of those who continue to trust God even though they have yet to receive physical healing. I'm very impressed by those that continue to believe, continue to trust God, continue to pray, continue to persevere, continue to believe, to just to be a, 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 a walk, a follower of Jesus, even though they may not have experienced that healing yet. And I say yet because I believe that death is our, at death we receive our ultimate healing. Where we were re released from this body, from the struggles that we deal with. While we know this woman was physically healed, but we know from our life experiences that not everyone, who, that not everyone recovers from their physical ailments. Why? I don't know. That's a question that I have when I get before the Lord, like many of you probably. Why do good people have to suffer bad things? That's a question that I just really don't have a good answer for. But I know this, friends, that life with God, even with all of my issues, is better than life without Him. Life with faith, even with all of my struggles, is better than life without Him. And so, the capacity to continue believing and trusting in God is a manifestation of the supernatural power of God. The Apostle Paul, you remember, he had a thorn in the flesh. And he prayed. How many times does the Scripture say that he prayed? At least three times. He prayed, Lord, remove this thorn from me. And many of us have prayed many times about thorns that, that we have had in our lives. We don't know what the thorn was that Paul had. Some people say it was his eyesight. Some people say it was this, that, and the other. We don't know. It's not defined for us. But we know it was an issue. But the, what was the answer that Paul received? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in your weakness. The power of God is perfected in our weaknesses, friends. And so our faith is a supernatural manifestation of the power of God by continuing to believe and trust in Him. Hebrews chapter 11 is filled with men and women who continue to have faith in the midst of very difficult circumstances. Read through Hebrews chapter 11. And you see all of the different saints of God and all of the struggles that they face. But they continue to believe and trust in God. And we all are familiar with Paul and his words in 2 Timothy chapter 7, verse 8. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I have what? Kept the faith. And that faith is not just a doctrinal creed that we believe in. That faith is an internal confidence that God is sovereign, 
God is on, on the throne. God knows my situation. God cares about my situation. And I believe that He will intervene. The last point, I'm coming to a close, that I want to make is the last words that we see of Jesus here in this passage in Mark chapter 5. When He spoke to the woman who had the issue of blood, what did He call her? Daughter. I believe that saying daughter brought more healing in her life than being healed of the issue of blood. Because she had been ostracized, she was unclean according to the people's opinion, maybe she was an immoral woman, I don't know what it could have meant. But he said to her, Daughter, I see you. You're not separated from me. You're a part of my family. I love you. I care about you. You are my child. And I make that declaration to you here today. I don't know what your issues are. I don't know what you've been through in life. But I believe in the sovereignty of God, in the love of God, in the, in the compassion of God. His word to you is daughter. You're my family. You belong to me. You are accepted. You're included. This woman came to Jesus for physical healing, but she got so much more. She received mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual healing. The word here for being whole is the word sozo in the Greek language, and it means to save, it means to heal, it means to deliver. Being saved is so much more than having a fire escape ticket from hell. It is a supernatural condition of being completely restored to a relationship with a lovingly heavenly Father, who that will that will in that relationship will reap benefits both now and into eternity. It says in Hebrews chapter 25 that Jesus is able to save us to the uttermost. I'm saved to the uttermost. And today, Jesus is here to touch you, to let you know that He knows you, that He cares about you, to let you know that He can deal with your issues. Today, let Jesus deal with your issues a song one of my favorite songs some, I was going to play it but I just want to read the, 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 the lyrics a, a lady by the name of Charity Gale I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Because your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. 
I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Father, we speak the name of Jesus today. We thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus. That there's power in the blood of Jesus. And we receive that power today to deal with any issues that we may have. We give you thanks and we give you praise. And all God's people said, Amen, amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here.